Welcome, Hudson Valley, to this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. Merry Christmas! Ho, 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 ho. Yeah, just having a little fun over here. I hope Santa left everything you wanted under the tree and that you're snuggled up somewhere warm and safe with people you love. However you choose to celebrate the holidays, we appreciate that you are spending it with us here on In Touch. Thank you for listening this fine Christmas Sunday. This week's guest is Eric Dalton of Eric Dalton Productions. Eric and I discussed the ever-changing face of the live music scene here in the Hudson Valley, along with the difficulties local artists face building an online fan base. We invite you to join us and listen to a previously recorded conversation between Eric and myself here on In Touch. Hello, Hudson Valley. You're listening to another episode of In Touch, Town Square Media's public affairs and issues program. And this one is for the musicians. You know, when I got into radio, I'm also a musician and I've had that combined love. There's a magic to the microphone and there's a magic to be able to share the music, whether that be nationally, internationally, and especially on a local level. And with us today, a man that I have so much respect for here in the area. He is a songwriter. He is an artist. He is an engineer. He is a producer. He's probably more things than I can possibly name. But this guy is an incredible musician. He's got great perspective on the scene in the area. With us today, we have Eric Dalton. Eric, how are you, man? How's it going, man? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Eric, I just want to like start off. I wasn't able to make this show, unfortunately. COVID sucks, but you had an incredible show that I heard at The Chance. Uh, you've had a lot of experience working with The Chance in the past, and now here you are on the stage. You're headlining, and it's so great. I got to see you the first time you headlined The Chance, which was amazing, and I'm sure your fans loved your second time back around at The Chance. Could you tell us about like that feeling of headlining, how everything went for you? Oh, it's always a, a pleasure to headline. I mean, I'm still a local guy, but, uh, you know, I, I love seeing the support of, you know, friends and family and also just the new people that come out. And uh, it's just always like um, a great experience. Headlining to me is it's more just it's not so much about, uh, hey, I'm headlining. It's more just like I wanted to be able to showcase like a full like hour plus set on how I would see playing. Because we were talking about like, you know, 30 minute sets and everything. And uh, it's hard to really showcase yourself in 30 minutes when you're trying to, you know, show your ups and downs and be more dynamic instead of just drilling everyone with the same thing over and over again. No, and you had some friends with you uh, along with you this time, a couple of other local bands. And one of the fun things about the local bands that you have with you, they're typically people that you work with behind the scenes in the studio as well, right? Yeah, the first show we did back in May, I had uh, this punk band, Screw Mimi's. They're from Cornwall. I think most of them are from Cornwall. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been working with them for a few years now, uh, recording, and I'd mix them, uh, I think, once or twice live. I could be mistaken there. <laughs> yeah, I've been recording their songs for a few years now. They played at the May show, and uh, they also played at my uh, last show, which the, ba- the my bass player... Um, he's actually his name's Johnny Blue, and he plays guitar and sings the lead vocals for Screw Mimi's. And he's a killer musician. Um, been working with him for a while. And uh, then also the other band that opened up were uh, they're called the Dissidents. They're a new band that I just met for the show. They reached out to me after I announced the show, 
asking if they could be on them and they uh, sent me some music. I loved it. I was like, yeah, man, I, I really like their vibe too. And uh, I always like try to see like, uh, are they personable or are they, cause like I'm a nice guy and I, I don't want like, I want the same thing in return, especially when it's a band that I haven't worked with before. And uh, yeah, they're really cool. Cause uh, the last show I did back in May, that was actually all bands that were on it. Um, all f- four acts were bands that I recorded or record. So this time I wanted to have uh, less openers so that way I can give them more time to play. So uh, two op- we only had two openers time and yeah, they, they both got 45 minutes and they were all really excited when I told them <laughs> is that the 30 minutes is a killer. It is, you know, we were talking about this before getting on the mic and everything as a musician. Yeah. 30 minutes. You're like, Oh my God, what do I play? Do I got to keep the energy high? Got to keep people interested the whole time. Uh, do I play any covers? Do I play any originals? What's the vibe right. of this? Probably no ballads unless that's your thing. Once you get that 45 minutes, it's like, Oh my God, that's practically an, a- uh, an album right there. So that's nice. You're able to work with it. And that's cool that you're able to give that to uh, your opening acts, and I'm glad that you're able to have like a substantial amount of time yourself to promote your music. You've talked about, you know, how you've recorded all these artists. Uh, you've had such a background uh, in everything from working sound, doing live, recording, performing yourself. Could you give us a quick background on like how you got here? What what got you into the industry? Yeah, I mean, I've always been uh, into music ever since I can remember. Um, I was before I even started recording. Uh, I was working with other people, of course, and uh, I just things weren't really coming out the way I wanted to. So I just started to learn it and you know do it the wrong way for years until I started to get a sound that I liked. And uh, also just working with other musicians and uh, working as a recording engineer, I just progressed and I can like I've had I have people that I've worked with over like over eight years now, if not ten years, and all their different albums i can hear how i got better at doing what i'm doing by just listening to their mixes like from album to album yeah um, and it's nice to see that and it's also nice to see that they stick around because they they know what to expect like and also like i said before it's like i become friends with everyone that i i work with and uh it just makes that experience so much better because you're you're close with the project too it's not just a, a way to make money to you like i take a lot of pride in what i everything that i work on even when it's not my song like yeah. uh that's just the way i am um yeah man it's just, like that to me is like super huge because i i hear like horror stories where someone's like oh yeah i went to the studio and the guy just butchered the song and mm-hmm. came out terribly and and i get that because you know i've been to places too where the mix came out terrible and it's like kind of like you don't have any control over that. And uh, like as an artist, when you're trying to put yourself out there, you don't want people to get the wrong idea. And um, yeah, so it's like even even when like I listen to pretty much everything, but even when it comes to genres that I don't particularly listen to every day, it's like I, I still take so much pride in it. I want it to sound just as good as, you know, the other album that sounds like of that same genre. And uh, it always gets me happy when I see their the reaction when they listen to the first mix and like dude this is sick <laughs> like uh i just love that it's such a rewarding feeling i know working with artists or working with people on my own music it's 
quite rewarding to hear like see hear their reactions see their eyes light up and just like oh my god one thing that a uh, former professor of mine always preached and i think this goes in line with a lot of what you were saying you know it's people it's not just the fact that you do a good job but it's how people react to you is how you're going to get return calls and all that. It's all about the hang and it's all about the personal time. You have the credentials, you have the work, but you've brought this up several times. You invest yourself in this and you have a true connection with everybody that you work with. While some other, you know, producers or engineers will just be in it for another paycheck or just be like another project, you are very much into everything that you are uh, working with and everybody you are with. And I give you a lot of kudos to that. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, can't say it better myself. Like that's just the, that's just the way I am. Like you can't really pretend to care. <laughs> yeah. Like it's just, uh, like I said, I just, I put all my pride into it. Cause again, at the end of the day, it's representing me. Like if you put out an album and it sounds bad, then, you know, everyone's going to ask, where did you get that done? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and uh, I don't want that to be a negative outlook on me because I'm also I'm a perfectionist when it comes to recording my own music, other bands music and then doing mixes for other bands live. Like I want it to sound, you know, great because, you know, especially live, like once something goes bad, even if it's not your fault. <laughs> like you can feel the eyes looking at you. From yeah. the crowd, like, like, hey, man, what's going on? It's like. I'm telling you, like it's out of my hands sometimes. <laughs> like, uh, like it's. I mean, I had times live where I, you know, the band like they haven't worked with me before. They come up to me and like some bands, I just had terrible experiences with other venues and people, like engineers, like live engineers, and uh, I get it because um, I've had it too. And they're a little bit nervous, but then at the end of the set, after they played, they're like dude, man, that was so great. Thank you so much. And, uh, that's, again, that's the same feeling as when you send like a mix that you just finished mixing in the studio and you send that to the band and they get back to you and they're all excited about it. It's like, that's very gratifying. You're listening to in touch town square media of the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. Right now I am sitting down talking with musician, engineer, producer, Eric Dalton, we've been talking a lot about just kind of the scene and the feeling of working with recording artists and whether it be, uh, well, recording artists or live. Uh, something that you just said about working with other engineers, uh, how sometimes you have a good experience, sometimes you have a bad one, brings up two quick stories. I remember when I was working as a sound engineer at this one place, this guy came up to me after a show and he said, that is the best sound that I've had this entire tour. And it made me feel so warm and happy. Yeah, inside. Right. I know that feeling and I love getting to share that feeling whenever possible, because I don't know if you remember, I think this was like 2017 or something. When we first met, you did sound for me. And that was one of the best. Uh, I it was one of the best uh, live sounds that I had in a while during that time. I was in a lot of uh, really iffy places with iffy sound, but that you made me feel really good. You made me sound really good. And I was just like, oh, just felt so on yeah, top of my you, game because of that. Yeah, it makes you perform better. Yeah, I remember that. That was at the loft, right? Yep, that was at the loft. Yep. Yeah. And it was great. No, so I wanted to bring that up and I really appreciate that. 
So as we're talking about venues and all that, we you made a very interesting um, observation uh, before we got on uh, microphone was the trend of what people are doing when it comes to performing live these days. With the pandemic, it's kind of messed up a lot of venues. It's messed up a lot of the vibe or people that are still around. I don't want to like speak for you. I want you to say what you said to me before. Like what what are some of those things that you're observing here, you know, in the scene that's changed with the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, it definitely goes by uh, the area that you're in. I mean, for instance, our area. Um, I mean, I'm in Wappingers, but there's really not many places to play venue-wise. It's more like bar scenes and, you know, a lot of the... I believe I mentioned to you, like a lot of like farms are doing shows too. The farms, and, uh, yes. Breweries. But even so, with that, it's like uh, that, that type of bar scene like that, like um, farms do, it's like you got to play like three, they expect three hours of music. And, you know, when you're a, an original artist trying to promote, promote yourself, you know, you got to you gotta squeeze in like, like two and a half hours of uh, covers and then the other half hours uh, original because they'll even say like, hey, you need to have original, I mean covers and they'll want to, they'll probably sometimes look at your cover list to make sure you're doing ones that they are okay with. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's really hard to like promote yourself. Uh, I feel nowadays like that because it's just the the area that we're in particularly I mean, unless you're going down to the city, but then again, you got to sell tickets. Every event, if you're going to play at an actual venue, you got to sell tickets. And that's a hard thing to do when you're an hour and a half from the city and you don't have that many people down in uh, down uh, by the venue that you think can help promote you. Um, it's definitely a challenge, but you know, that's where, that's where uh, social media comes into play. Yeah, <laughs> That's a whole different topic. That's a whole other thing right there. A whole other animal to try to uh, compete with. No, one thing you mentioned with the farms and all that, how a lot of places have built their own stages. If they didn't have one before, they have one now. I feel like the stereotypical venue, at least in this area, is, I shouldn't say disappearing, but scarce. You know, when our our folks were around uh, roughly our age, I remember my folks would tell me they would go see bands all the time at all these different places. Those places don't exist anymore. Or they yeah, change like, so much. Yeah, now they're like, not the same. Yeah, all, all those uh, old venues turned into CVSs and Italian restaurants. Right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So it's it's very difficult to find a place. And I know that vibe of playing three hours and hoping to squeeze in a few originals in there. It's a it's a difficult task. Um, oh man, I, I know. I, I've seen you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you coming out and seeing me do it. No, it's it's yeah, me. Of course, man. It, but that's the thing though. It's really is difficult to try to push out there uh with this area, you know, like even 10 years ago. Even though there is so much music and so much art going around, 10 years ago I feel like it was a different scene than it is today where there were more opportunities. Would you agree? Oh yeah, definitely. Um it, it just seems like more and more so like people I mean, at least younger generation. I'm talking about even people like around uh, like my age. Even. Like, it's just like, it just seems like uh, less people are interested in going out to an event where they rather just, they're getting so much stimulation from just, you know, streaming things and whatnot. Yeah, you because know, like going back to what you were saying, 
our parents, like back in the day, like I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where it's like, oh yeah, you know, bands wouldn't even start until like 11 p.m. and we'd play until like 4 a.m. and you know the places were packed every night. And I'm like, yeah, I can't imagine that now. No, because ele- you're right. 11 p.m. is when you're getting out the door most of the time. Yeah, 11 yeah, midnight. Yeah. Nobody's expecting to still be at the show by that point. Everybody's expecting to be gone at that point. You're right. Yeah, like four o'clock used to be the norm. If I could probably name you the times that I've actually done that on one hand. I mean, I've gotten home at like 4 a.m. before, but yeah, that's because we were playing in the city and you know, drive three hours to get back. But uh yep. yeah, I've never I've never played a show or even places alone. You don't really see places that are open that late anymore, unless it's like kind of like a dance scene. Yeah. Well, especially especially around here these days, I know with the pandemic, a lot of the hours shortened. Um, hell, a lot of the bars that I go to probably close around two these days. So, you yeah. know, at the latest, at the absolute latest, that's like prime time for them. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like the time so much matters. It's more just like, you know, the people aren't there like yeah. as it used to be. I just, uh, like I said, it's not not that I even, it's probably not even, I don't even know why, but like it just, maybe just, I'm thinking with everything you hear going on in the news and shit, like people are just like, I'm not going to risk going out anywhere, but who knows? <laughs> um, it, there is a fear factor, whether it's um, incidences, whether it's violence, whether it's a pandemic, illness, stuff like that, people are timid. And as you said, there's so much more stimulation online when it comes to streaming and content. And it's hard to compete with and hard to, you know, keep working on. Uh, one thing, though, that I've seen that you've been doing a really good job with is, you know, putting out stuff just to, uh, like, keeping your crowd engaged you have music videos that you produce yeah you have live show photos that you constantly put up you're always finding a way to engage the audience and i've always seen that i've respected that could you tell us a little bit about like you know making your videos those for yourself and i know you do it for other people too right it's funny i have a guy that i've been recording for a few years and we became really good friends uh great friends um and he actually talked me into uh, filming one of my songs, like a music video. And I just did that on my phone because I had like an iPhone time shot in 4K. It was like, all right. Cool. And uh, we just did it for fun. And uh, it came out pretty good. It was for my song Firefly. After I released that, a bunch of the other bands that I work with, they're like, hey, man, would you want to do a video for me? So that's when I went out and invested and bought like an actual camera because I wasn't going to do all that with my phone but um yeah so i really i don't really do so much the pictures wise but music videos i do and i I really love doing that and collaborating with the artists like figure out what they want story-wise going on the location whatever yeah for me it's whenever i do one of my music videos i kind of have like an idea of what i want to do and it's more like uh kind of like as i go (laughs) like like i would figure it out as i go along because it's just for fun and uh but that, yeah, I mean, what you're getting to before with content, that's always, I feel like, the biggest struggle with anyone with uh, social media. It's, you don't want to put every, you know, you play one show and you have like 100 photos. Don't release them all at once. <laughs> yes. Save <laughs> like, them. Uh, have yeah, a rotation. Even, yeah, even the videos. Like, you, you don't have to post the whole show. Like, post like a 10-second clip of the song and then, you know, a month later, post a different you can have the same video post a different 10 second clip of the song that's how i kind of work my way around that 
And I'm sure other people will do the same. No, it's a very smart way of going about it. I, it's wise. You're right. Don't it, just kind of like a magician. Don't show off everything all at once. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. You're listening to In Touch, Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley's public affairs and issues program. We've been talking with Eric Dalton. We've been talking about his studio a little bit. We've been talking about shows. We've been talking about the scene. I want to give you a moment now. You have uh, your own studio that we've talked about plenty, but I want to give you a chance to highlight and promote it for a sec. And I also want to give you a second to talk about the album that you put out this year and where people can find it and where people can, you know, hire you and listen to you and all that. The studio, you can find me at ericdaltonproductions.com. Uh, it's E-R-I-C for anyone who's wondering. <laughs> and uh, of course, I'm on Instagram, Eric Dalton Productions. And uh, my music as well. It's uh, Eric Dalton Music on Instagram. You can find it pretty much on any streaming platform, Apple Music, Spotify. Yeah, man. <laughs> no, very cool. Like, how did you feel putting out that album? It's a phenomenal album. I wrote an article about it earlier in the year. People should go check that out. I'll link it in the uh, In Touch article. But uh, but how's that feel to, you know, put that out and, you know, to still get engagement off of it and still be, at least as a fan and as somebody's listening, it's like, it still feels fresh. It still feels great. And I love listening. It's funny, like I, like three years ago, I kind of stopped working with the bands I was with because it was just never felt right. And uh, I, that's when I really started like diving into recording my own solo stuff. Every the, I put out an album every year. And uh, so I'm up to three right now. Not that I'm going for quantity, but yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah it's just, it feels like I same thing. Like I feel like the production, like I can hear the sound morphing into something that I really... Uh, yeah, I'd love all the tracks on it. I would, even so, it's like I, I was gonna have. There was more tracks that I was gonna put on it, but I just felt like they weren't coming out the way I wanted, and I didn't want to just put something out there just to have the count of like of the track count. So uh, this one only has uh, there's eleven tracks total. I think only nine actual songs on it, and then there's like an intro and a, a interlude on it. Yeah, man, I just I always love experimenting too, like just trying different things on each album, different vibes of the songs like you, there's songs in the album that don't really like there'll be a metal song and then there'll be like a pop rock song and like wow. i just and they'll have like a a tribal like ambient like vocal whatever doing whatever it is like i just like that like i like having the variety it's great having the variety it's a terrific album and i really recommend people checking it out and i think listening to the album you get a sense of the incredible work that eric does and if you're an artist looking for something it's uh, i think that's your ticket in to check it all out yeah i mean i i, I don't even think i, I don't even think I, it's an album's called playing favorites i don't even think i mentioned that oh playing <laughs> favorites yes playing favorites yeah. yes definitely yeah. need to let people know that and yeah yeah eric you know you're a uh, terrific uh engineer producer terrific guy really appreciate having you is there any last comments you want to give to our in touch listeners uh, yeah, definitely stay in touch with your local scene and uh, keep supporting music. Um, everyone that you know that's trying to do something music, keep doing, keep supporting. Amen, brother. I really appreciate it. Eric, thank you so much for being on In Touch. Yeah, dude, thank you for having me. This has been this week's edition of In Touch, the public affairs and issues program that runs across Town Square Media, the Hudson Valley radio stations. We want to give a big thank you to Eric Dalton. To learn more, visit ericdaltonproductions.com. That and all links and information can be found in the description of this episode. In Touch keeps growing and growing. 
I'm excited to announce that you can now stream In Touch wherever you listen to podcasts. That's right, you can find In Touch episodes new and old on your favorite streaming services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. That and listen on demand with your Town Square radio station mobile app. Of course, you can still find all articles and audio under the In Touch tab on this radio station's app and website. Don't forget, we're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at InTouch underscore HV. We're booking guest spots for 2023. It's going to be here in no time. Whether you have a topic you want discussed or you want to be a guest, the best way to contact us is through our office number, 845-471-1500, or email direct to connor.walsh at townsquaremedia.com. I've been your host, Connor Walsh. Until next time, stay curious, keep an open mind, and as always, I'm glad we get to spend some time. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.